Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Sandy, South Jordan, West Jordan, or Harriman area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, head over to bridgechurchutah.com or email info at bridgechurchutah.com or you can simply text 801-391-6969. We're looking forward to seeing you soon. started a brand new series last Sunday, and this one is, today is the gut punch to the devil, right? And you can tell, like I said last week, it's going to be real hard for people to get to church to hear this, because uh, you can look around and see that a lot of people aren't here. I don't know if that was prophecy or what, but <laughs> these are, these, this series of messages are, are really damaging to the devil, today especially. I think this today, what we're going to talk about today is the number one thing in all of Christianity that holds believers back, that keeps believers in bondage, that keeps believers from walking in what God has for them. Look at your neighbor and say, you are lucky to be in church today. Hello to everybody on the stream and the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you can turn to John chapter 8, we'll look at our text verse for this series, text verses. We're going to see what Jesus said about it. What if we start about being free indeed, if we look at what Jesus said, because in uh, John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, he's talking to believers. Any believers in the house today? Okay, four. All right. The rest of you we're going to pray for. Amen. He says that he's talking to believers to dwell there or to be home with. Picture a home that you live in. That's abide. You abide there. You dwell there. If you abide and dwell in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know, say no, the truth and the truth shall make you. Make you free. That word make is the recognition of truth by personal experience. Our prayer for all of you every day, every time you come into this room or anytime you have secret place or anytime you encounter God, that's our goal, that you have a personal encounter with your God, right? Not just pray and believe God and see it, you know, happen. It's like God shows up, he's in your presence, and it's one of those encounters that make you go, can't doubt that, can't, because a testimony is going to overrule an argument any day of the week, and your testimony is what's going to keep you living, all right? So he says, know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, and they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? There's good church people. I've been going to church with the Rashid translation, Pastor Dan translation of verse 33, I've been going to church my whole life. I have served God completely. What do you mean I'm in bondage? Ah, you'll see. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. We discussed this in great detail last week. Go watch the stream. Uh, Verse 35, And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son, say son, son, abides in the house forever. And verse 36, our our refrigerator verse for this whole series, 
Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Anybody want to be free in this place? Right? How many of you know God is still in the delivering business? Now, most believers, not mo none of you, just most of the believers, okay, just most, don't believe that they're in bondage. And if you were here last week, you would know that you need to realize that there's bondage to get out of bondage. Amen. That's our goal in this series, to try to show us that Jesus is talking to believers who are in bondage, but they think they aren't. And we kind of discussed this last week, that all of us have sinned, even during all of you, <laughs> have that little secret corner of your life that we're not paying attention to. We're not, you know, you know oh, that's that. That's just that, you know. My temper, yeah, that's just that. My dad had a temper. His dad had a temper. His mom's dad had a temper. It's like, yeah, it's just that thing. Well, let me tell you, you can be free from that thing today. Are you with me? All right, so today we're going to break this off of this group in here. And this thing that we're going to talk about today is the number one thing in Christianity that binds believers. Don't you just want to know what it is? Are you ready? Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25. Verse 25 says this, the fear of man, the fear of man brings a snare, okay, brings a snare, but whoever trusts, say trust, in the Lord shall be safe. That word safe, literally secure, literally set on high. Anybody know what sanctification means? Being raised, being set apart if you trust in the Lord. Now this snare is the number one bondage for believers. They don't re re realize that they even have this. Hopefully by the end of today you're going to go, hey man, that's me. I need to fix some. I need to be free indeed. See what I did there? That was good, wasn't it? Not one amen. All right. The fear of man is the most deceptive bondage in all of Christianity. It is absolute bondage. And, and it's a spirit. And if you were here last week, we talked about these spirits and how they can get on you. Even if you're saved, they get on you, not in you, on you. Okay? They always fall into two camps. These fear of man people, which... Let me just say this outright. I was this for a long time. I was this saved for a long time. I was this in ministry for a long time. I was this as a pastor for a long time. So a little interflection here. Interflection? Is that even a word? Inter Thank you, professor. Right? We got this. So you can look at you today, and it'll be all right, because this is a judgment-free zone. If you get judged, just let me know, and whoever judged you, we're going to have them sweep the parking lot with a, tooth, with a toothbrush, all right? Are you with me? So these, for, in order to be in the fear of man, we'll fall into two categories. Number one, people pleasers, right? These are the people who cannot stand strife, who avoid everything, and they just got to have everybody getting along all the time. Right? We just need, every, there's got to be peace. 
or there's no peace. Are you with me? Right? The opposite of that, the other group, is a control freak. Got to be control of everything. I got to know what's happening. I got to make every decision. I got to be in charge. Right? Two camps. People pleasers and control freaks. That type A personality. Right? And here's the thing. We blame our personalities or we'll blame our parents or we'll blame our spouse or our children or somebody for this problem. In all real reality is it's a spirit. And God wants you to be free to Day, can I get an amen from somebody in this house, right? God wants you free, and let me say this, it's easier to be free than change your personality. Let me say that again. It's easier to be delivered than to change your personality. Amen. Thank you. You're getting it. So let's read this again. Verse 20, or chapter 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. What's a snare? Anybody watch that show Alone? Right? Where they take these 10 weirdos and they stick them in Alaska in the middle of winter and they say, the last one who doesn't die gets a million dollars. It's like, why would you do this? I, you know, I like being outside in the woods, but no, sorry. But anyway, on that show, they use this trap. It's a very, very effective trap. It's called a snare. It's, a, it's usually a wire or a rope or a small rope and it's a string. And it's attached to, some, to a spring, so when the bait walks into that snare, it just grabs them immediately and usually flings them. So that's what, what uh, Solomon's talking about. When you step into this trap of the fear of man, there's no getting away, no getting out. The only way out is to trust the Lord, okay? So this thing's a spirit. It's used to catch animals right? Uh, the spirit of fear. And we know that fear is the spirit. Why? Bible scholars, anyone, right? And it can land on you and you won't even realize it. You don't even know it until you're operating in this thing. Here's the other thing about this. Fear is a prophetic spirit, right? False prophetic spirit. Let me clarify. Because it's going to tell you what's going to happen in the future, and it's going to go like this, and this person's going to be mad at me, lose mad at me, and uh, he's going to be upset, and he's going to leave the church, and he's going to take a bunch of people with him. Prophetic future, lie, spirit on me telling me what's going to happen. If you read Judith Shannon's book, it's also called Projecting. I'm going to project what's going to happen in the future through this spirit of fear that's going to cause me to make a bad decision that's going to really cause me not to trust God. See where this goes? It's a, it's a whole ball rolling, a snowball effect that just trashes everything and everybody in your life. We're going to talk about that today, right? This is the most common fear in the Bible. How, from Genesis to maps, how many times do you hear God either talking to people or talking to a group saying, fear not, be of good courage, don't worry about that, I got this, don't worry about that group over there, don't worry about these people over here, you are strong and full of courage. Joshua, how many times in chapter 1, like 12 times, God is fear not, fear not, fear not. Why is he saying those things? Because everybody's scared. They got this spirit of fear on them, right? God is telling them to not 
fear. What did Jesus say about fear? Well, in Luke chapter 12, he says this. He says, uh, Jesus is talking to people. He says, and I say to you, my friends, talking to believers, okay? He says, do not be afraid. If you got your Bible in your lap, circle that. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more that they can do, but I will show you whom you should fear. He's going to show them who they should fear. He says, fear him who after he has killed you has the power to cast you into hell. Into hell. And I say to you, fear him. Listen, I lived here for years. I was afraid to make phone calls. I was afraid, and I was self-employed. How many of you know this is a bad combination? <laughs> you know, if, if you fear people and your job is people, right? When I was contracting, I was afraid to call people. I was afraid that everybody was mad at me all the time. I got delivered from this, and I was, I was mad. <laughs> it was like the devil's been trashing me for years, holding back the blessing of God because I had the fear of people in my life, the fear of man, right? Uh, it, was, it, it was so bad that I didn't even know I was bound in this thing until I was delivered. Never heard a message like this in my life, ever, right? So it was such a huge thing. I couldn't even believe it. Three things you have to know to get free on your handout today. Number one, the fear of man, it snares you to man. It snares you to man. That's number one. All right, John chapter 12, verse 42. John chapter 12, verse 42. Here's Jesus. He's talking. This is bad news. He says, even less, or nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, the religious rulers, right? This, this spirit will bind uh, you to people. And it, what happens is, is it displaces God from your heart, right? I was a children's pastor for a lot of years, and we'd always talk about this throne in your heart, the throne of your heart. And, and God reminded me of this last, this week when, when I was praying, and I was, uh, and I, this is a rabbit trail, but it'll only take a minute hopefully. Isaiah 6 talks about the Lord on his throne and his train fills the temple, right? Are you with me? So if, if the Lord is sitting on his throne and his train fills the temple, and then the Lord showed me, he's like, you are your body in the New Testament church, your body, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Are you with me? Your body's the, the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Lord showed me, he's like, what happens if people allow God to sit on the throne of their heart and his train, his robe, fills this temple? And if it's, this temple is full of the train of God's robe, nothing else can get in. And keep it that way. And how do you keep it that day? Well, you know, that's a whole nother message. But I'm just saying, what happens if the Lord God is sitting on the throne of our heart and nothing else can get in because his robe pushes everything out like sickness, like poverty, like the spirit of fear, just saying, throwing that in there. Anything else that's in your life that's holding you in bondage. 
Because I would guess there's a list, if you're like me. Maybe not that bad, but I was not good as a person. And realistically, it was only Jesus that saved that. And, and like I said a couple weeks ago, the, the salvation experience, that's just the beginning. The rest of the walk with God is sanctification and learning and being free and getting free and learning how to stay free and using the Holy Spirit and having that train fill your body so that nothing can get in. And when it's like that, it never gets easier. I'm never going to say it gets easier, but it sure is a lot more peaceful. Amen? So let's continue reading here. I don't know where that was going. Nevertheless, among... Uh, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should go put, be put out of the synagogue. What are they doing? They're fearing the religious leaders. How many just happen to be in Utah? How many religious leaders are putting in the fear of man in people? Like they're going to get in because they are so fearing the Pharisees in this case or the religious leaders in other places. Right, verse 43, for they loved, talking about the Pharisees, praise of men more than the praise of God. When you are in this thing, this fearing man, man has all the control. Whoever you're fearing, for me, it was a boss. It was a spouse. It was even children for a season. It was anybody who was in my life who had influence. I had fear there. It was clients. It was customers. It was, you know, Johnny Bob at the stinking gas station. It was everybody. And it was tough. It was hard. Can you imagine trying to function in the fear of man? It was basically impossible. And there was, I heard a, my pastor told me a story one time of a lady in Riverside, California, who he went and laid hands on this woman. This woman was so terrified by fear, by the fe of the fear of man, that she would not leave her house for like three years. She had not left her house because she was so afraid. And he laid hands on her, and she was delivered and set free and, and now living a normal life. Can you imagine being so afraid of man that you will not leave your house? And when you're operating in the fear of man, man is now your meter of acceptance. I'm doing this to please Sarah because, I, you know, I don't want her to take my grandkids away. i got to please and cater to their need and, and whatever. What am I doing? I'm... She's my now meter of acceptance, right? She's on the throne of my heart. God is off and she is on, looking for acceptance, right? As man goes, we go. Man's approval, his opinions are all we should be on our throne, okay? Uh, it's amazing. How many of you, uh, you know, icebreaker games? So when I was in youth ministry, we played icebreaker games. How many of you know those are from the devil, right? They're, just, they're designed to make you look stupid. And when we were at, at summer camp, we'd always do this three-legged thing, this three-legged race. You know what I'm talking about? Where they duct tape your leg to someone else's leg, and then you're supposed to run? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Because you are bound to that person. They own your soul. And I would like to think years ago, I used to be a relatively good athlete. And it really wouldn't matter because that person I was bound to was like dragging a freaking anchor. It was like, can you walk? 
It's like, can't do it. But this is what we do to our souls when we bind ourselves to people. I need Dom's acceptance. I can't do anything. And I'm, I really hope he's okay. And, I'm, you know, I got to do this and praise this and do this and do stupid things to get approval from man. And it's like being duct taped to a person and trying to run. It's a stinking disaster. That's exactly the way I feel about it right there. Just screaming in the soul of your life, right? I like 2 Peter 2.19. This is talking about false teachers in the church, but it, 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 the meaning is right with what we're talking about. While they promote promise, uh, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves to corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by what owns you, by him he is also brought into bondage. You get yourself hooked up with somebody who you're looking for their approval, right? I, let me just say, don't be looking for my approval, okay? Because I don't have it. I'm not qualified. Just like I'm not qualified to judge your life, I'm not qualified to give you my approval, right? Say Jesus. You were here last week. We said Jesus a lot because he's the only one that can approve of you and save you and set you free, right? Number one, it snares you to man. Number two on your handout there, it snares you from God. Takes God right off the throne of your heart and parks somebody else there. Takes you out of the master, away from the master, pulls you away from God. Now in Luke 22, here's the story of our friend Peter. Peter was... Uh, had foot and mouth disease, did some really off the wall things, said some crazy stuff. But I want you to know, all of us are in this category right here, right? Verse 54, we all know this story well. He says, having arrested him, they led him and brought him to the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now they went and had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together. Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him, as he's saying uh, to the woman, I do not know him. We all know the story. Denied him three times, right? After a little while, he saw, another saw him. You were one of them, but Peter said, man, I am not. Then a, after an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Catch verse 61, Luke's gospel is the only one that says this right here. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he said to him, before the rooster crows, you shall deny me three times. In verse 62, so Peter went out and wept bitterly. Two people in the New Testament wept bitterly. Peter was one. Judas was the other. Both extravagantly let down the Lord. That's amazing to me that uh, Peter cared more about what the people were sitting around the fire and the group he was hanging with there. Thought more about what they were saying than what the Imagine that look. How many of you know you can communicate a lot with a look? Ask my kids. 
when they get the look, it's like, am I in trouble? You don't even have to ask, right? But then there's that look. I think this look, I think when, when Jesus looked at Peter, I don't think it was a look of disappointment. Too late. And he just looked at him with a love in his eyes that only Jesus could do, calling him back. Just saying, come on, man, we could do this. How many of you know that Jesus is your biggest cheerleader? He's always on your side. He's always got your back. Even when he was arrested, going through what he knew was not going to be very fun, he still looked at Peter with the love of Jesus. Only he can do. I think that Jesus is looking at a lot of you today, going, come on, man, we can do this. We can overcome this. You can be free from this today. Release this thing. You know, Jesus was uh, a little earlier in verse 31, Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, the enemy has asked for you. And he has asked to sift you as wheat. I don't know how this hits your heart, but it really, this is one of those verses where I'll camp here for about three weeks because unless, unless you've been sifted and been through that, this verse takes a whole new meaning because Jesus was telling him what was going to happen. And it's amazing to me that the enemy pulled out all the stops to go after this one. Peter, probably, if not the most, one of the top three, right? There was the Sons of Thunder, there was the Apostle Paul, there was Barnabas. There was a group of New Testament saints that the enemy pulled out all the stops to go after. And it's amazing to him up from the inside out, as he did Judas. The same thing. And it just devastated him. You know, when, when the enemy wanted to get him, wanted to get him out of the will of God, he went after this. I believe that the enemy is still using this today. He's using this in the church with leaders. We talked about the Pharisees a second ago. It's, it's still happening today. And I want to encourage you, though, to look at this. There's no condemnation, no guilt. No, You know what? If you're in this thing, so was I for years. Took a long time to get out of it. But when I got out, I was free. I was free indeed. And I was walking above, man. I didn't have to tiptoe around my pastor. I didn't have to tiptoe around my wife. I didn't have to tiptoe around anybody because I knew who I was. And it's like, you better back off me, Satan. Get off my coffee machine. What are you thinking? That ain't right. That's just, some things just aren't right. Coffee. You gotta be kidding me. Look what Jeremiah the prophet says, Jeremiah 17, verse 5. He says this, thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes, his, makes flesh his strength. That kind of hits you right in the gut, doesn't it? Huh. Whose hearts depart from the Lord. Takes the Lord off the throne of your heart and puts someone else in there. How many of you know that someone else is going to tear you up and spit you out? Whether it's a spouse, a boss, right? How many try to please your boss every day? And if you're own, you're, you are your own boss, you're really in trouble, right? Uh, you know, my, my prayer today is that the Holy Spirit whispers to your heart 
and ask you just to come away. Just during this, this time, just come away and look for a second. Take an inventory, they call it, at Celebrate Recovery. Take an inventory. Who am I pleasing in my life? Who's number one in my life? Who's on the throne of my heart today? Is it my spouse, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my boss, the company, pastor? Hopefully not, because you will. You came here to see me, we're both going to leave disappointed, okay? Let me just say that right now. Amen. So number, number three on your hand out there, it snares others through you. Your messed up life is dragging everybody with you. And here's what happens because this spirit of fear comes from a past experience that we've had to deal with before. And our experiences are putting it on other people, probably children or spouses of children just because they're sitting here, <laughs> right? We bind others with our issues and we take them with you because all of us have wounds, okay? We're controlling them or becoming other people's issues. This is what we're doing when we have the spirit of man, this uh, fear of man spirit on us, right? I want to read some scripture here and I want you to just, this is a test, Okay, little quiz, mid-service quiz. All right, I want you to know, to see a running theme. See if you can see the running theme. This is taking way too long. Just say it already. See if you can see the running theme openly of him for fear of the Jews. Were the Jews men? Yes, Pastor, they were. Thank you. John 9, 22. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, they'd be put out of church. Now, if you go, just safety tip, okay? Take a pause. If you go to a church and they say, if you confess Jesus is Lord, they put you out, that's probably a good thing. Just saying, okay? John 19, 38. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take the body of Jesus. Hmm. John 20, 19, the same day at evening being the first day of the week, giving them the first, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst. So you see the theme here. The whole through the New Testament, everybody feared the Jews. Why? Because the Jewish council, Pharisees and Sadducees, put it in people. They put the spirit on the people to fear who they were. How many of you know fear never works that way? Right? If you're going to raise your children in fear, they are going to rebel. It's on them. It's all about me and I and that whole country song. Right? Uh, they snared everybody with the fear of man and they created fear in the people and they made it so that God didn't approve of them. That was their message. Well, if you don't tithe 10%, Dom, God's going to get you, right? Boy, that message sounds good. That sounds like the character and nature of my God. How do they do that, right? But they instilled fear in the people, and then they blamed God for it. And then 
if you didn't agree with what the fear that they were producing, they would put you out of the temple. This makes no sense to me, but it, I guess it works for them. But this is going to come to an end today. Let's see what Jesus said about it. Matthew 23. Okay? If I can find my bookmarks here. Uh, Matthew 23, look at what Jesus said about the scribes and the Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. For you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much as the son of the devil as yourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for that comforting thought. That's bad news right there. They're creating this. They're producing this in people. And, and you know, out of the circle that God has put me in, and I'm trying to please something that's never going to be happy. Because that's what we're doing, right? So how do we fix this? How do we stop putting it on others, and how do we fix this? Well, first, we have to know that this relationships that we have when we walk in the fear of man deteriorate, deteriorate into two areas. The first one is contain and control, right? How many of us work for that person? They got to contain and control everything. Or the other one is reject and revile. It's like, you're not going to be participating in my life, so you are out. See ya, scram. And I'm not going to talk about you because you have crossed the line and you're not fitting into my mold. Right? Those two things. Now, when we were first, the first house we had in Santa Ana, uh, Chase was a baby. We got married in this house. And it was like our first house. It was an older house. And... Uh, we had, a, we had this lumber pile on our backyard, and it was rainy in California, and, and we had some visitors in that wood pile. And I'm not talking about little visitors, I'm talking about demon-sized visitors. <laughs> and they got into our house, and the, in our kitchen, the bottom drawer was a bread drawer. Michelle would keep the bread, and back when we ate bread, stuff in there. And, and I came home one day, and I hear this scratching in the drawer. Right? And I'm like, there's something in this drawer. And it was the bar counter, it came out, and it was right there. And I'm like, there's something living in this drawer. So what's a hockey player do? The first thing he does, go, go get a hockey stick. I'm gonna wrist shot this thing right through the window and into the backyard, right? Gonna contain and control this, wasn't even a mouse, it was a rat with a hockey stick, right? Well, I, I kicked the drawer open and the, the rat jumps out of the drawer, deeks around me, and runs into the living room. Contain and control. So he ran into the living room, climbed up in the couch. All right? So now it's time to reject and revile. Put the hockey stick down, went and got a shovel and some plywood and made a little path so he couldn't run back into the kitchen. Picked up the couch and dropped it, and he came out, and I rejected that thing with the flat end of that shovel, and then reviled him right into the trash can. This is exactly what we do to people. Reject and revile, or control and contain. And if we, that's when the problems start. If you deal, then you'll reject and revile, and that puts it on the people. Our issues flow out onto these people, and now they've got the same problem. Right? They've got the same issue. I know this firsthand. So what's the solution? Let's go back to Proverbs 29, 25. 
Real quick, we'll close right here. He says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the, in the Lord shall be saved. I love what the Living Bible says. The paraphrase says this, the fear of man is a dangerous trap. The fear of man is a trap, word of God, right? But to trust in God means safety. Means safety. God is safe. God is the only thing that's safe. Because your flesh will fail you. Your flesh is going to push you over the edge, right? Two keys to deliverance in this whole thing. Number one, we talked about it last week, we have to realize that's me. It's like I've been working to please my boss. I've been working to please my spouse. I've been working to please everybody. Jesus is not on the throne of my heart anymore. I need to get him there. And that's the number two thing, getting some ministry. We're going to lay hands on the, on the bonded, and they are going to be free in this place today. We're going to put Jesus back on the throne. And then we're going to have his train fill our temple. Is that okay? Is that all right? Everybody okay? All right? <clears throat> Without the ministry part, we're going to try to do this on our own understanding. And that, my friends, is the fear of man. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and head over to bridgechurchutah.com and have access to all of the church information and it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at Bridge Church. Most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy.